it. You're addicted to love, as in NH Unscripted. Welcome back, everybody. I am your Robert Palmer-type host, Ray Dudley. We are coming to you from the Six Flags-like conditions of the WKXL Studios in Concord. For those of you who are gathering around the radio, you can find us at 1450 AM, 103.9 FM. Those are Concord-based, 101.9 FM in Manchester. And hey, you know what? We got a URL, nhtalkradio.com. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that later. Ooh, I need to thank my sponsor, Lakes Region Fence in Guilford. LRFence.com, LRFence.com. You know what? St. Patrick's Day is coming up. What could be better? Take Instead of going out to all the pubs and the bars, and take a look out your back window at that old relic that you think is a fence but really isn't stopping anything. Yeah, baby. Go out to LRFence.com, you and your favorite squeeze, and you can spend hours just looking at fence porn. Oh, my God. It's so beautiful out there. LRFence.com. They do it all. They do it all. Horse corrals and pickleball courts and I don't know what else. They have property lines. Yeah, yeah. They do it all. Matt and his crew. Exemplary work. We appreciate them sponsoring NH Unscripted. We're assuming he likes us as well. After I dog his commercials all the time. Anyway, I'm getting carried away. In-house with me today for a return visit is Angelica Rosenthal. Good morning. Good morning. So, why are we here today? Oh, God, great question. Huh? That's what I do here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a show going out <gasps> soon. Yeah. Uh, we're in tech right now. We open what? next week and the week after. And it is called? The Last Days of Judas Iscariot with the Milford Area Players. Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> What? Okay, first of all, I've never heard of it except for you guys doing it, and I've seen some of the Instagram shots. Sure. What in the world is it about? So the show is about the trial, <clears throat> excuse me, of Judas, whether he should be in hell or in heaven. And who, who is God? No. Nope. Who's the judge here? No. Uh, so it takes place in purgatory. Oh, it does. So and there once or twice myself. So it's just a, a southern gentleman. Who is the judge, played okay. by Mike Kalina, uh, who just also lives in purgatory, and that's how they decide these mm. cases, is they just litigate them. <laughs> <laughs> you said these cases. Yeah, so it's multiple cases. So there the show are. opens with uh, you know all these cases being presented and him dismissing them. Judas's case comes up. He doesn't want to do it. One of the lawyers has to go get a writ signed by St. Peter, then a writ signed by God, and that's how the show starts. I see. How long is it? Uh, two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah, well, that's a lot of litigation. It is. <laughs> <laughs> do we dare? Do I dare ask you the outcome, or is that like going to give things away? I think it'll give things away, Dang but I also, it. I don't know. I've seen the show done multiple times, and what they do, there's a, a four-page monologue at the end of the show. It's really beautiful. It's by the jury foreman, uh, who's played by Jesse Drake in the show, and he does tell you the verdict but for me, at the end of the show, the verdict doesn't really matter. It's not really what it's about. Oh, it's about the journey. It, it's about the journey, and it's about uh, forgiveness for yourself. And what? so it's like, do you need uh, do you need the court to tell you you're guilty or not guilty? Because really, you're the judge of yourself, is how oh, I see the show. That's an interesting perspective. So do you think the audience will, will follow that same uh, line of thought? Well, I think that the show is very controversial. Uh-huh. And it has a lot of uh, controversial figures 
presented in the show. It has language. And I think a lot of people kind of see it at a base level. But I think if you walk out of that show being like, they said the F word a lot, then you really miss the point. (laughs) (laughs) Do they say that in one of your shows? It's been known to happen. What? (laughs) What? I'm noticing the breadcrumbs are following a little Mm. bit of a trailer. So um, you said that it has some controversy. Yes. So it has a lot of language in it. Have you had pushback from people? Oh, yeah. Already? I had pushback when I... uh, Pitched it? Pitched it, yes. From? A lot of people. (laughs) Oh, look at you playing coy. Yes. Um, For me... Why? What was the biggest complaint? The biggest complaint was the language. The language and that they felt that it was uh, sacrilegious. Really? Which I think is really closed-minded. It's a piece of art. So did they say that after they had read it, or had they really not even read it and just made that kind of a statement? I think they read some of it. Okay. And then the controversy was also hiring me to do it, uh, personally. <laughs> so well, Let me think. Hmm. Why, why would that be? I don't uh, know. I feel like my shows are pretty successful. but They, they are. Uh, That's an understatement. They, I think they knew that I was going to do the content to its fullest extent, and yeah. they were concerned about that. Okay, let's get into that then, and, and pull that apart just a little bit. Sure. I mean, how, how can it really be sacrilegious? I get that if it were about Christ or Jesus himself— I get where people might kind of foam at the mouth, but it's Judas. Well, you know what? Jesus is a character in the show. Yeah. Um, I think Jesus is very um, well represented as like a very holy figure, and he's very much also represented as a person. But I, I don't really understand that. I think, you know, I look at shows like Jesus Christ Superstar that were hugely controversial with the Catholic Church. Yeah, and I think kidding. that was the biggest mistake they ever made in their life because mm. I think that if they had embraced that, it would have brought so many younger people into the church. But because they hated it and they protested against it, they ruined this huge PR opportunity for themselves. It's a piece of art. Nobody's saying that this show is the Bible. Nobody is saying that this show is fact. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're going to take art that seriously, in a lot of ways to me, that's fine because art's about inciting a reaction. And mm-hmm. for me, it doesn't have to be a positive one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it contemporary? Yes. Yeah, it, it came is. out in the 2000s. I, I mean, the um, does it does it take place in this time So it frame? takes place in purgatory. So it's it's very much a nebulous time. So we have characters okay. like Caiaphas and Jesus Are and Pontius Pilate. Are they dressed like their day? Are they... Not all of them. And then we also have Sigmund Freud is brought onto the stand and Mother Teresa is brought on the stand. So we have these modern characters mixed with these biblical characters. And so it is very much this like nebulous time period Hmm. where they all exist together and technology is all exists together and they all speak the same language. And so the okay, so the. What's controversial then? Uh, what? I don't think anything is, if I'm being Maybe honest. Maybe I'm with asking you. the wrong person then. <laughs> As I said, um, there's a lot of language in the show. Okay. Um, and I, I, I don't understand why that's such a hot button issue for people in this I'm day and age. It, right. Um, I did put three musical numbers into the show as well. And one of them is a Magic Mike esque camel number. Okay, I'm beginning to flesh out why there might have been some controversy. <laughs> I see as we lean into this. I think it's beautiful. <laughs> like a Magic Mike moment, huh? Yeah. Huh. I see. Um, okay, that would be something you probably don't see much in purgatory. I don't think you see that much anywhere, and I think that's the problem with this country. Oh, <laughs> we're going there, folks. I'm going to try to get us out of that. So, all right, look. Um, so, I saw photos or stills on Instagram that a lot of people just wearing suits, 
right? Yeah. Um, so we really tried to take each character and make it their own and any representation of that. So in the script, you know, Satan, for example, is it says he's wearing Gucci. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Mark Kelly, who's playing Satan, and I looked into what's in Gucci right now, and it was all velvet suits. And so then I said, let's take it one step further and let's give him like kind of a, a harder look because he takes his shirt off in the middle of the show. I said, let's let's give people something to look at, right? And so we, I took uh, Pete Davidson, okay. and he, I don't know if you've ever seen him shirtless, but he's covered in tattoos. I, I can honestly say I have not, thank you. <laughs> well, you're missing out. Um, <laughs> thank you, word. And uh, so I said, let's, let's make your torso really, really busy. And so it's just this vastly different take on Satan, where it's almost like a Jared Leto Joker yeah. looking when we finally reveal him. That's what I was thinking when you showed me that photo. Yeah. Jared Leto Joker. And then uh, we have one of the lawyers. We, the two lawyers are Brianna Rico and Garrett Meyer. And we took Brianna and kept her very, you know, standard female lawyer skirt, suit. Garrett, we said. She doesn't take off her shirt. She does not. Okay. <laughs> thought I, I thought I'd ask. Fair question. Yo, I, <laughs> and um, uh, with Garrett, we said he's, he's very. I'm all about equality here. I That's agree. why I, I think equal opportunity. There you are. <laughs> Um, uh, we said with his outfit, let's make him really eccentric. His character is very eccentric. It's very over the top. And so we said, let's take this like two-tone idea. of. So we dyed both the sides of his hair blonde and the middle black. And we have these like suits that are one side sequined, one side black to really you know juxtapose this like eccentric, over the top character that he is. Wow. You guys have really gotten into it. I'm a big fan of design. I guess so. I guess so. Um, what do you think that people, when they leave, will they have left the theater, you hope, saying, oh, I never thought about that and why it unfolded that way? Or are they just going to leave going, well, they said a lot of swears? I think, I think again, if, if that's how they leave, it's, it's very they miss the close-minded point. and they <laughs> miss the point. I think they're looking for something to be upset about. As I said, it, it does end with this four-page monologue, and it is very gut-wrenching of a monologue. Of like, and I think I, I leave hearing that monologue every time with like deep self-reflection. Um, it, it ends with this quote <clears throat> by W.H. Arden, which is like, I'm going to do my best to not butcher it. It's something to the effect of, oh. Yes, you we'll hear the, the music. <laughs> Time for Spam and Sanka. Oh, Angelica Rosenthal is in the studio. We are talking about, what's it called? The Last Days of Judas The Iscariot. Last Days. For some reason, I want to say the, never mind what I want to say. <laughs> you are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your happy-to-be-out-of-bed host, Ray Dudley. You are probably listening to us either on 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, or 101.9 FM, the beautiful souls in Manchester, or you've gone out to nhtalkradio.com and hit the live button. Ooh, it gives me tingles. We'll be back in just a moment. of Aquarius because I said it was and I am your fifth dimension like host Ray Dudley happy to be here you are listening to NH Unscripted we are coming to you from the spa like conditions of the WKXL studios I can practice 
practically feel the warm towels right now. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. NHTalkRadio.com is the URL for those of you who stay digital. In studio with me is Angelica Rosenthal. We're talking about a slightly controversial play she's about to stage. Angelica. Yes. I have a question for you. All right. You said you put in three musical numbers. I did. That were not originally in the. Correct. Did you have to get permission for that? Um, Am I putting you on the line here? Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Traditionally, these numbers, uh, one of the numbers I've seen multiple times go into the show. You have. Um, not this musical number in particular, but something go in here. Um, why is what, what was it lacking? Do you why would no, you do that? no 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 it's a transition. Oh, um, God, yeah. But unlike so hand of God, we had all these musical transitions to get from scene to scene. This show doesn't really have scenes; it just kind of sieges into the next thing. So basically, you know, he throws out the case, and then somebody else enters, and it's it's very much like this hard stop, and that's when we bring in the dancing camels. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Which Hang it says, up, it says in the script. So I can't have them dance to nothing. She That's literally ridiculous. said dancing camels. So it's um, camel heads, <laughs> male body. <laughs> ah, I live in a great world. Honest <laughs> to God. Honest to God. Okay. So you have these dancing. I, w- I thought I would be irreverent and say what you would probably have a kick line, but you, you topped me. Dancing camels. Um can you, is that that originally in there? It is dancing in the script, camels. yep, send in the dancing camels. Oh, it says send in. And you know what? Huh. I will do that. Uh, really? <laughs> I will deliver I'm that. I'm shocked. This is my shocked face. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't say how they're dancing or what kind of camels, but to me, it's just, how would you go any other way besides like a magic mic? You know, I camel. asked myself that yeah. same question. How would you go any other I way? I couldn't think of another way to do it. Oh my God, dancing camels. Okay, this is, so where would you put this play uh, um, on a spectrum of, uh, have you had ticket sales already? Mm -hmm. Okay, what's been the reaction? Are people like, I really want to see it? I I think uh, a disclaimer, as strong as my shows, uh, incites excitement and curiosity. I like to put a disclaimer just, you know, to cover myself and also to, I don't want people, you know, coming into my shows and and being upset that they're seeing something they didn't expect to. And normally, if it was The Sound of Music, I'd say, you know what you're getting into. The show is not super well known. Understatement. (laughs) Where did you see it originally? Uh, They did it at my college in Plymouth. Oh. And it was been on your back burner all that time thinking, I got to do this somewhere. Yeah, it's it's been on my list. Why Milford? Uh, They they had been asking me to direct for them for a while. Mistake, number one. Well, (laughs) I sent them three shows. This was the third show that I sent them and that they picked. So the first show I sent was Misery. Uh, but they wanted a bigger cast than Misery. The second show I sent them was Angels in America, and they didn't really want to do another two-part show because they had just done a three-part show. Mm-hmm. So uh, Judas was the third show I sent them. Wow. 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 So all those those other two you've been wanting to do as well? They're still on my list. They are. <laughs> Interesting. Misery would be great to see. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, man, that would be a wonderful play. So what is the – so the time frame is purgatory, kind of – well, I say time frame. The place is purgatory. Yeah, open time frame. Open time frame. As these different characters come in, what what are their purpose? Like you said Freud comes in. Is they, they're testifying. Psycho- they so are. They're being called in by the lawyer to testify. They are. Yep. So is it is it literally like a courtroom? Have you got mm-hmm. it set up like a courtroom? Yes. You do? 
yep. with a witness stand and all that? It's a, yeah, it's a little minimalist of a courtroom, a little, uh, a bit of an avant-garde courtroom, but yes, it is the, you know, the two lawyer tables, a judge's stand, and I think the judge's stand is like seven feet tall, and then the witness stand. Is it a play in one act or two? It is two acts. It is, so it's intermission. Yep. So it's like a cliffhanger at intermission? Mm. The dancing camels, is that what? The dancing camels come very early in act they one. They do? Yes. Huh. So, so what separates act one from act two? Uh, it's just uh, mid the trial. We we only get through, I think, three witnesses in Act One. How many are there? Oh, I don't know. Witnesses. Witnesses to what? Uh, witnesses to uh, Jesus and the betrayal of Jesus Christ. Witnesses. So you call in, technically the play, calls in people who were there mm-hmm. when Judas turned him in a trade it in a, for silver? Yeah, so Caiaphas is, is one of them, Pontius yeah. Pilate, Simon the They're Zealot. all in the play. They are. Oh, that's fascinating. And so the, are you pulling their their witness information from the Bible or is it just written, the script is just written kind of? I mean, the, script, the script is written specifically and we tried to take their um, quotes, their vibe from the Bible oh. and really put that into the design of each costume of like, yes, Simon was this like hothead and he was like very ambitious and like how do we. You know, there's no like clear vision in my mind of what Simon the Zealot looks like. Um, But what I, you know, kind of took from that is like, let's take his general vibe and like really push that into the design of what would he look like now? Like, what would he be now? Old. Well, no, if he was like uh, his age now in the modern world, what would that look like? I see. see. (laughs) So is any, is there a a final conclusion? Do you reach a... A summation, a verdict, or is it kind there of is left a verdict. out there? There's there a verdict is. of the case, yes. But again, to me, the verdict doesn't matter. Because if you can't forgive yourself, what does a verdict matter one way or the other? So you're saying that this is kind of like Judas finding himself, uh, accepting what he did? Is that kind of the premise here? Mm, I, he Judas is never looking for this case. It's somebody fighting on his behalf. What? Yep. So no, I don't. I don't think it's about that at all. Is he in the play? Yes, he is. Yep. Okay, I'm. So, I don't know where to go with. It's the a whole thing. <laughs> it's very complicated. Uh, what has been the biggest problem you guys have had to overcome? Um, probably an Oklahoma style dance lift in uh, Camel Number. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we were do- there's a there's a Madonna song in Act Two and uh-huh. it was just lacking something. It and was. I said, Do you remember that lift in Oklahoma where they like hoist her all the way, Lori all the way up on his shoulder and they spin? Um, hmm. I said I think that's what it's missing. And hmm. um, doing it in these giant camel masks, I think, was challenging. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but they are executing it, and and I was like, you know, this is what it was missing. <laughs> That's a great sound. It's keeping like a me great up at dance night. Oh, <laughs> it's about to keep me up, I think. <laughs> so, what are the other two numbers? Uh, two, sure. Said, so, we are. have a, a Madonna number in Act Two. For which, the same reason? It's a scene changer? No, actually. So, uh, in the show, one of the lawyers calls Don Ho to the stand. Um, and then the joke is Don Ho. Yeah, famous wine singer yeah. Don Ho. They call him to the stand. The joke in the script is that he's not dead. Unfortunately, he died three years after the show came out. Oh. So this joke does not work anymore. So we had to, you know, kind of finagle, keep that reference in, and then find someone who was not dead and call them to the stand. So we called Madonna to the stand. And oh. so we have a little Madonna. They number. give you that much latitude? I mean, they, the script doesn't make sense. 
<laughs> the script doesn't make sense, unfortunately. It's very unfortunate. I would hope that this the show didn't do him in, but who's to say? Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> who's to say? And then the other third number is after that four-page monologue um, where, again, he, he talks about, you know, when you're at the pearly gates of heaven, God can reduce you to tears by reading you poems of... Uh, of what your life could have been if you were good. And I think that that W.H. Arden quote is is gutting, and I'm probably butchering it, but um, basically it's this foreman being like, you know, you sold your friend out for this. I, that's nice. What I did in my life was way worse. And it's like, you know, everybody judges themselves on these high levels. And so then there's this supposed to be this transition of Jesus and Judas kind of having their moment. And so we put a, you know, an Ave Maria esque number into that uh, but with English mixed with Latin and uh, Jesse Drake is singing that it's very beautiful wow so the end becomes a very somber moment rather than like a very happy we won the case kind of thing yeah yeah I didn't say they won. Okay, I know, I know. <laughs> Trying to pull it out of you, here. get it out. It's 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 really beautiful, and again, it, I think it really brings that humanity in. Of like, again, you take these Bible characters and you put them on a pedestal, and they can be this like grand, beautiful, godlike pedestal, or it can be this awful, satanic, worst, damned pedestal. But at the end of the day, they're all people, and at the end of the day, what you do in your life affects you more than it affects anybody else. Did you have difficulty casting it? I had, to my understanding, the biggest turnout that MAP has ever had in auditions. So what? we had uh, about... For a play that most people never heard of? About 40 people <gasps> for a show that normally has about 10. And there's a lot of doubling in the show. I was able to kind of stretch that out and not double people, which I think is kind of nice. And uh, no, I had no issue casting it at all. Oh, my God. So 40 people. I think it gave you quite a pool to pull from. So you have some tremendous talent. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Hey, you hear that music? It's time for us to put on our tap dance shoes and tap out of here so they can make some money. Yeah, we're going upstairs and have some maple and tang. You are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your host, Ray Dudley, and we are coming to you from the things of the WKXL Studios in Concord, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, 101.9 FM for the happy, beautiful souls of Manchester. NHTalkRadio.com is the URL. Angelica Rosenthal is in the house. We'll be right back. It goes to show you never can tell. Welcome back, happy listener. You are found NH Unscripted. I am your happy, 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 happy host, Ray Dudley. We are coming to you from the six flag-like conditions of the WKXL Studios in Concord. I'm practically on the roller coaster right now. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. Our URL is nhtalkradio.com. Out there, you can find the archives of this show, plus all of the other shows here at the studio. Plus, you'll find that live button I talked about where you can listen to us. This show, NH Unscripted, comes to you every Wednesday and Friday morning at 9 AM. But you knew that. 
Yeah, because you're here and you're listening. In studio with me is Angelica Rosenthal talking about how she's trying to get thrown out of town <laughs> with a new play she's doing. Yeah. If I got that right? This is mild compared to what I normally do. Oh, dancing <laughs> camels, magic mic moments. My God. I feel like you were a lot more taken aback from Hand of God. <laughs> so. Oh, oh, well, that, okay. That'd so. be my bet. So, so if I've seen Hand of God, which I did, this is going to be like a walk in the park. This will be just a... Yeah, I think, I don't think it'll be... Um, Shocking? Well, I don't know. I can't speak for you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you swear? No, but I know all the words. The um, t- Okay, so tell me about the, the four-page monologue. That's a lot of lines. Four it is. pages is a lot of lines. Yes, and so when Jesse auditioned, he was very much, I want to do this, this this role, or one of the uh, one of the lawyers or nothing. Really? And nobody else came in with that, and so he you know performed the monologue in the audition. He did? Yep. He had the monologue done? He had it, For the most you part. know, he yeah. had it planned out, and I had given sides, because that's how I, I'd rather... You know, hear from the script, then a random monologue from something else that doesn't yeah. really do anything for me. That shows me how much you can do with an infinite amount of time. I want to know what you can do with, you know, this subject matter. And it's just this really beautiful, like, hey, I was the jury foreman. Um, here's the verdict. And then he's like, can I can I tell you about myself a little bit? And then it's just this this beautiful, like, story of his life um, and and why. And he doesn't know he's dead, but he thinks he's dead, but oh. nobody will tell him. So no, he. We all the know he's dead. Foreman? We know he's dead because he's in purgatory, and and they kind of acknowledge it. But he he doesn't know, so he's like, I, I'm pretty sure I'm dead, but nobody's confirmed it, so I haven't asked. And here's my concern, and I, I really miss my family and my wife, and here's how I messed up my life when I was alive, and it's so beautiful. Wow, really beautiful monologue. Man, oh man, I got to get out there. Why Milford? Why did you go down to Milford? Um, they had been uh, pre-COVID. You know, trying to see if they could get me into to work on a show. They they're pretty known for you know not not what I normally do. Uh, kind of the classics, kind of tamer shows. They do a lot of Shakespeare there, but I believe the board was kind of looking for you know let's try something completely different. Let's try something way off the beaten path. Let's see what happens. And I think you know with the the turnout for auditions and with the ticket sales already, despite what people were worried about, I think it is boding well for them. So let's get into some deets. Sure. My sister said that to me the other day, and I'm like, what the hell is a deet? Okay. So, um, do you have a URL for ticket sales? Yeah, Milford, MilfordAreaPlayers.org. Okay. And how many weekends is it going on? It's going up for two weekends, so it it'll be is. this weekend and the weekend after. Ooh, ooh great time. March, ooh, March Madness. <laughs> it's all weaving its way through my through my mind. Um, so, are you... How many ple- people does the theater itself sit seat? Oh, that I'm not sure. A couple hundred. Okay, okay, that's healthy. And is we it do the have church. What is it? It's no, no, no. It's actually, it's the Amato Center, so it's the Boys oh. and Girls Club. Ooh. And we do utilize the whole theater space. Um, so we have actors moving through the audience, doing scenes. Um, actually, over the audience, we have in Act Two, Satan entering from the back of the house, from the emergency exit, and um, doing his scene across the audience against the judge while he's in the crossover. Is he the one who swears a lot? He's been known to. Huh? Really? It's <laughs> my shock face again. Yes, he has. He has. He has the most colorful um, language and the most uh, different types of words. If you, I, I, this is a terrible question to ask, but if you, as the director, had a favorite moment in the show, 
is it the monologue or is it something else that happens in the show that you're like, oh, that is just perfect? I think the monologue's really special. Yeah. I think I I've, I go see the show whenever it's done. We had actually gone to see it in Boston right before COVID hit and they'd cut the monologue. Um, Why would they do that? I don't know. It, and I've seen it a couple of times with the monologue cut. I actually, I'm sorry. The one we saw in Boston, they did the monologue and it was paced horribly and I checked out. Uh. <laughs> um, but we've seen a couple where they've cut it and again, you lose the verdict, you lose the whole conclusion and the this like really neat wrap up of the show my favorite part in the show i guess would be i mean i like the musical numbers but i in act two satan uh loses it and um trashes the courtroom and we had permission for pyrotechnics so i've become a professional pyrotechnician during the show oh my god and so yep we're making use of fire in the show so wow. i think that's exciting wow 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 so why would you think that they would cut that music I mean, cut the, uh, monologue. the monologue. I think well, it's hard. It's very long. It's four pages. You're talking about, you've seen it in Boston, you said. I mean, they if they can't pull it off. I, it's easy to do wrong. It's if you don't pace that well and if you're not really um, invested in it. And, and, and again, it's the, the it's him just telling a story. And really what it has to be and what Jesse and I talked about uh, is how would you tell a story to a friend? And like, how does that come off in that pacing and like remembering those moments that you're you're talking about? If you can't pace that well, it it kills the whole show. Ooh, well, that's a load to carry. It is, yeah. Because uh, let's face it, we've all seen bad theater. Oh yeah. And in the wrong hands, that would just be. And so I think painful. I think for a lot of places, it's I'd rather cut it than it be bad. You would. I wouldn't. You would. Okay. I would do it okay. well, yeah. but <laughs> but I, I I can understand feeling like we don't have the right person to do that. Then maybe you shouldn't do the show, but. I, I think cutting it is is a horrific choice to that show. Yeah, yeah. Were you worried about, before you had cast it, were you worried about finding someone that could do that, could pull it off? Were you aware at the time that it was going to be a heavy lift? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm super familiar with the show uh, before we auditioned it, but yes and no. I mean, I think it's my job to get an actor there. Well said. <laughs> As opposed to just putting somebody in who walks in the door because we have nobody else to do it. Oh, my God. She cast to the role. Wow. Well, I also feel like I'm, I'm a strong proponent of if we don't get the right people, then, you know, you put out another call and see if you can get the right people. But if you can't get the right people, you don't do the show. Girl, you are in my world. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe I'm in. I've had this discussion with other people who. Either the group just doesn't have the courage to cancel the play they wanted to do and, and work with the cast they've got, or they um, they do that stupid thing where they just put anybody in. Um, so you said you have another play. So you're a very busy person. Yes, it keeps me out of trouble. Huh. Besides going to the gym yes. at midnight, <laughs> which I found out. Um you so what's coming up something about so uh we just moved in judas on sunday and at six o'clock on sunday i left and went to the first read through of trail to oregon star kid musical where we blocked the whole show with a different guest obviously do you say star kid yeah star kid is the name of the company they oh. did um the very potter musical they did twisted what oh really yeah they're uh they're known online they they're, are they're very big uh online presence yeah so who's doing Trail to Oregon. Trail to Oregon is through ACT Actors Cooperative Theater. Okay. It's in Nashua. Yeah? Nope, it's in Derry. I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I did know that, actually. Why did I say Nashua? Um, so, and when is that? When are you hoping to see that go up? So, that goes up at the end of April. April. Oh, okay. That's I'm moving. 
<laughs> and what are the big challenges to that? What are you hoping to accomplish with that one? So I've never heard of it. It's a comedy. It's okay. based on the 1980s video game, The Oregon Trail. Oh, where okay. you you know you set up a family and you take them down the trail and try not to die. Um, okay. But the way that this show works is that the audience is part of that, so they get to name every single character just like you would in the game. They also get to decide uh, who dies at the end of the show. So there's audience participation. In yeah, this? it's 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 got a lot of improv element. Okay, I know nothing about the game. I know nothing about the play. Um, is it a musical? Does it have? It is a musical. Does it have dancing camels? Not yet. Magic Mike moments? I will not say no because oh! I don't know what will happen, but not as of yet. <laughs> She's unleashed, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> She's feeling I mean, power. I have the camel heads. We may as well use them, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So... You already um, had auditions for it. How mm-hmm. the, ca- the casting turned out okay for that? Yeah. So, again, we had about 40 people, six roles. Really? Uh, six roles. Yep. Normally not an ensemble. We did add an ensemble element to uh, to open up the dance for uh, Brianna, who is a choreographer. But um, I think we ended on a cast of like eight or nine. Uh, and we had about 40 people auditioned to that as well. Wow. That's impressive. It was a lot. And and unfortunately, we had to have callbacks, which is the bane of my existence. I hate to do that to actors. I hate yeah. to do that to my team. But it, it came down to it. So. Man, oh, man, oh, man. So you have a strong cast then. Oh, for sure. Ooh, hang on. It's time for some maple. We are chatting about theater. Angelica Rosenthal and myself. we got one more block to go. Ooh, mama, mama, mama. i got to get caffeinated. You are listening to NH Unscripted. We are coming to you from the digs of the WKXL studios. Deep, deep, deep in the bunkers in Concord. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM. 101.9 FM in Manchester. And our URL is nhtalkradio.com. Jellick and I'll be right back. Love grows when my rosemary goes. You are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your pajama bottom wearing host, Ray Dudley. We are coming to you from the Taj Mahal-like digs of the WKXL Studios. Never overly ostentatious, I might add. That's in Concord, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and 101.9 FM for the beautiful souls of Manchester. If you need a URL, if you gotta have a URL, then here's a URL, nhtalkradio.com. In studio with me is Angelica Rosenthal, and we are just going through this whole library of plays she's involved in. My gosh. All right, so Trail of Oregon is going up in Derry? Trail of Oregon is going up at the Derry Opera House, yes. In April? Yep. URL for that? Oh. Eh. Nope. Eh. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, you can follow us on Actors Cooperative Theater. Facebook is probably the best way to keep updated with that. Perfect. That will be a great substitute. <laughs> you said that you just finished the New Hampshire Theater Alliance Awards. <laughs> yes. I usually just call it the New Hampshire that. Theater Awards, uh-huh. but it's for the New Hampshire That's Theater That's us Alliance. old folks that we remember it the old way. Just trying to get it done properly. <laughs> um, how did that go? 
Uh, I think it was very successful. It was my first year directing it. Mm-hmm. I was also the choreographer for the New Hampshire Theater Awards. You are a glutton for punishment. I wasn't supposed to do a dance number, and then we huh. did. But you elaborate... found some camel heads. <laughs> no. no, they said it had to be PG thirteen. Oh, so darn those cabaret people. just made the cut. Darn those. This cabaret people. performed as well, but. Um, yeah, uh, directing the New Hampshire Theater Awards was a, a large undertaking. Um, Brian Halperin was super supportive and helpful, thankfully. Yeah, you pick his brain? Oh, constantly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah he knows a lot about it. And yeah, it, it seemed to be successful. It seemed to be well-received. It was the first year coming back. Yeah. Um, I had I'd, I'd never done it before, so. Was the place packed? Yeah, I think they had uh, 800 tickets sold. It was a lot of people. And for me, it was a lot of uh, very small margin of error was going to be allowed. Because, again, you know, I don't want to be the person who gives out the wrong award. <laughs> but also, just again, it's like uh, putting something up in front of the theater community. It's 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 a lot of pressure. Yeah, your so. peers, right? Yeah, it's not just a show for people who want to go see a show. This is, this is people, people who do who, it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So what was the biggest challenge to that? I mean, you had you had a mixture of community theater and professional yep. right so what was the biggest the most difficult thing that you had to face i was pushing all the tech elements together so it was light sound projections yeah. and then on top of that it was all these different theater companies performing so we had you know three straight shows performing six musicals performing really and so it's now me teching somebody else's show uh alongside them which was Challenging because I didn't know them all. Yeah. Um, so we looked at like actors, singers. Uh, they did Firebringer. I, I didn't see the show. I don't know much about the show. So it was a lot of me having to go back and forth and go, is this what you want? Is this the vibe? This is kind of what I'm getting from what the research I've done and what I've seen. And and then again, the same with some of the straight shows. Some of the straight shows were from way up north. I, I wasn't able to go see them. And um, everybody was fantastic to work with. Every single one of those theater companies came in and were super nice and were able to answer my questions. And it was great. And then I had the um, the performance ensemble who also presented the awards. So we did an opening number. We did an opener of Act Two. And then the In Memoriam, another, again, high pressure, like, cannot be wrong. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was I in the In Memoriam? You were not. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I can never tell anymore. You know, I said, there were a couple of times where I said, I don't know, I might make it into the In Memoriam this year. <laughs> uh, so the award ceremony itself went well? I mean, the, the giving them out? Yeah, I had a really strong stage manager. It was Rosemary Kelly. She's also my stage manager for Judas. And she is just so no-nonsense. And so on top of, you know, making things flow smoothly. And that's, we didn't want a, a three and a half hour show. Yeah. We wanted to get things moving, get things moving How long quickly. did it take? I believe it came just under three hours. Okay, okay. So you look at it now, um, when you step back, are, do you, are there things he said, oh, you know what, I think next year, we, we might want to do this instead. Or... I don't know if I'm doing it next year. <laughs> that is a mystery. Uh, they haven't talked to me about it, to be totally honest. I think they're, you know, kind of revamping their ballots and all that. And so I don't know if that's super on their mind. So until we have that conversation, I just try not to think about next year. Well, they year. didn't fire you. They didn't like walk up and go, uh, Angelica, here's your check. Thanks. I was waiting. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, was that th- with the interim board? They have a full yes. board now. Uh, I believe there's still interim members on that board. So they had the interim board, and I know that they were trying to redo the ballots even last mm-hmm. year. Was that successful for the adjudication process? I'm not positive. I think they're still making tweaks and still editing, and I know they're trying to go non-gendered this year, which is something that I'm not full in support of. I think uh, 
I think I see what they're trying to do is be a little more inclusive, but I think rather than kind of lumping everyone together, I, I think it would be nice if they did, you know, supporting actors, supporting actress, supporting performer, and let, you know, each mm. person decide where they would like to be represented. Because I do think, you know, as far as gender goes, we should give people the option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did it, was it all digital this year? Um, I believe so. I think they were pushing for I it. I don't know so. if they actually, oh, that's interesting as well. How many, if I, I don't want to put you on the spot, how many groups were actually uh, represented? That I'm not sure. Because there's like 200 theater groups or yeah. something in the state. For this little, I could not believe that. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, some didn't come back, I understand. But I, I think that's, you know, COVID had a way of just putting the brakes on so much stuff. Well, that and I think a couple companies wanted to see how it went and yeah. how things shook out and maybe let them kind of get the bugs out and then decide if they want to come back or not yeah yeah um so did you guys have shows in it from last year did uh, you? cabaret performed and, and did uh, it win anything yep they won best <gasps> choreography they did yep they did win where was that performed at what did you guys do cabaret Cabaret was at the hat box it was yes <laughs> yeah I last last summer and then uh, Hand of God, Mark Kelly won Best Actor. He did? He did. Oh, yep. my God. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was super proud. And oh I had to keep gosh. it to myself and keep it secret. It was very hard. Oh. I was so proud. Oh, that's <laughs> fascinating. You know, uh, it, this is... Dude, when you win an award like that, let's just say if you win an award, period, um, there are so... A lot of people don't understand how big the comp- field of competition mm-hmm. is. I mean, it's there's hundreds, if not thousands, of actors and actresses in this state, and to come away with any kind of an award, that is huge. Well, and I think he he did a lot of work on that show, and he did such a beautiful performance in Hand of God. And I, to me, out of all of my actors, like he is the one who is really just about putting the performance on, and he doesn't care about the awards. And so for him to get that recognition, I thought was really special. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because. I, I honestly think if you're trying for an award, you, you're... You're doing the wrong thing. Yeah, you're doing it for the wrong reason. And you can't... And and it's not going to come off correctly mm-hmm. because you're you're playing to something that should not be being played to. No, I don't think that was on his radar at all. I don't... I mean, I don't talk about nominations when I nominate actors at all. They don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I could nominate none of them. They'd have no idea. But he very much was about putting on... A, a performance that he was proud of and such to get that recognition yes. such a strong actor yeah oh my god um so what else is happening over there at actor theater actor Co- cooperative <laughs> theater mm-hmm. yes thank you uh so right now it's just trail to oregon and then cruel intentions where uh the hat box had asked when we did at actor singers to tour it up there the board of actor singers wasn't super interested in that which is totally fine mm-hmm. so actors cooperative theater said we'll send it up there uh, so we are rebooting Cruel Intentions with most of the original cast and a couple open roles, but I will be back on stage for that. Is that going to be in Derry? Uh, that or will is actually performing at the Montessori School in Manchester with MCTP uh, when and the Hatbox. That goes up in August. Wait, in, and the Hatbox? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're teaming up together. Because, the Hatbox? Yep. Which is non-existent. It's... it's uh, it's an idea now. <laughs> yes, it's uh, they're they're looking for a uh, permanent space. But I had worked with Andrew to kind of reset the other season nine people, and so the musicals are going with MCTP, and they're wow. going to team up. But I will be on stage for that one. I will not be directing that one. Do you, do you prefer it that way? No. You, you, oh, you <laughs> oh, do I not. I hate being on stage. What? I try to do one show a year as an actor to not be a terrible person as a director. I think too many directors forget what it's like to be an actor. Um, I worked as a professional actor for a long time and decided it wasn't for me, but I think it's worth it 
to be a better director and to think of what I do and what I do like, what I don't want to do. And it is the most miserable experience for me every year. And I push myself to do it because I think it's worth it. You are so on the opposite side of me. I wouldn't want to direct to save my <laughs> life. I do not. I've been asked and I'm like, no, no. I, I want to be on that other side. I, I hate it. That's crazy. I hate it. I figured that out when I was like 19. And I had been professionally working for a while by then. But Man. And then I try. I gave it one more college try right out of college and said, yeah, I'm all set. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny because most people kind of get the bug, you know, once they've done it. I think I had that when I was a child performer, but then I grew up and was like, I don't, I don't like the vibe. I don't like this. So you enjoy the actual work of staging something, you know, <laughs> making all that choreo, literally like it, it's like directing airplanes in and out of that whole uh, situation. Yeah. Oh my God. How's Tom? He's great. Yeah? Hi. <laughs> Hi, Tom. You have been listening to Angelica Rosenthal and myself, Ray Dudley. We are coming to you from the not-so-overly-ostentatious digs of the WKXL Studios in Concord. This has been NH Unscripted. You're listening to us either 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. Angelica, what is the name of the play again in... The Last Days of Judas Iscariot with the Milford Area Players. There you go. NHTalkRadio.com is the URL. We're out of here.